Hello, and welcome to Twin It to Win It podcast. That's Aaron, host of It's a Fandom Thing podcast. And that's Jen, host of my streaming bubble. And we're podcast brain twins. I meant to mention something before we started that, like, let's just go right into it instead of like, but I, I know. didn't say it and you didn't pick up on it. Well, I you started to, and then we kind of, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, One day. We'll get it someday. <laughs> Who knows? It'll be a surprise for everyone. Yep. Uh, but we are not actually twins. And we are back this month to test our podcast brain twinningness with the movie Strange Days. Does she love it? Does she hate it? If we guess right, we've twinned it. If we guess wrong, then we haven't twinned it and we're not winning it. Hmm. Let's find out if we've twinned it. Cue witty banter. <laughs> I didn't say it this time, but now you said it this time. <laughs> well, I said it in case you said it and I was like, oh, maybe we can twin there if we don't nail the podcast brain twin bit. <laughs> That's all right. Do you have any witty banter? <laughs> yeah. Do, do I have any witty <laughs> Oh, I actually, because for a second I was like, no, I don't think I do. I, uh, my life is not super exciting, but I will say my only exciting thing is something like my husband did the other day. Aww. So he was able to go to the Packer, Packer game up at Lambeau Field uh, and they're playing the Chiefs. And so Taylor Swift was there. And I guess she was only like a few rows up and back from where he was. And so he's seeing all these like little tween girls coming over, like snapping pictures and like look on the verge of crying because, you know, that's what teen girls do. <laughs> and I was like, well, did you get a picture? And he's like, no, I didn't get a picture. He's team Katy Perry. So he's not a Swift team. Um. But apparently, uh, Tony Shalhoub was also at the game, so he was on the lookout for Monk. <laughs> that's that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like Taylor. I Swift think that's one. way cool. Yeah, that's way cooler. So, <laughs> no offense, our all our Swifty <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> yeah. No. No offense. It's <laughs> convincing. So that's my. That's that's all that I. Got that's your witty banter. That's my witty banter. It's not even banter, it's just someone else's story. <laughs> <laughs> it's just relaying information. Yes, yes. Well, and you can't see this, everybody, because you're listening. But before we started, I, I got new glasses and I they were ready today, so I picked them up today. And when I was looking at Jen, I'm like, oh my gosh, Jen, our glasses are are kind of similar in a way, like the shapes. I, I think mm -hmm. there's differences, of course. And so I jokingly said, it's turning more into single white female <laughs> than. <laughs> maybe we'll have to talk about that movie at some point. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but I do like your glasses. They are very Thank nice. You. Thank you. And then what color are the frames? They're like a blue purplish kind okay. of. And I then thought I got saw like a bit sparkles of sparkles yeah, yeah. on the side. <laughs> very nice. I yes. like. Yeah, mine are just a plain blue. I stepped out of my comfort zone the last time I got glasses, and instead of getting black, I got blue. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> with yeah, black and blue. I was like, oh, this is a big moment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like every single pair of frames I've, I've had have all been like similar shape, black, now blue. 
And I'm like, I guess I have a look. That's my look. That's your so look. So now it's your look. Yeah, yeah. Next time you'll have to get fuchsia. I don't know fuchsia. why that was the first color that popped into I don't, my I don't head. Know. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's just a color that popped in my head. I'm not saying you have to get it. I just – Jen's like, we're done. <laughs> I was thinking key lime pie green. Ah, interesting. I, just, I, I like key lime pie. I kind of kind of hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want some pie. Uh, pie. <laughs> Well, I don't think they had any pie in this movie, but <laughs> no, they well, sure other didn't. kind of pie. <laughs> uh, okay, well, so uh, this is Jen's pick this month, and Jen mm-hmm. picked Strange Days. So you know, this is, of course, well, Jen's going to be reading it, but this is your spoiler warning. Synopsis. So, you know, we're going to spoil this movie. This movie is from 1995, 99, I mean, right? 95. 95. Yeah, but it takes place in 99. I'm like, yes. Sorry. (laughs) It's a movie about the future. Yeah. (laughs) Four years from that present moment. Yeah. A lot of future. (laughs) A lot of future. (laughs) Um, So, yes. So, Jen chose this. So I'm going to do what she did to me. So why would you choose this movie, Jen? <laughs> well, the other ones that I said, I don't, I don't remember what the, because you hadn't seen them or I hadn't seen them. Either way, I had a whole other list of movies because I couldn't pick. It was hard for me to pick. And then I was scrolling through and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to do Strange Days. <laughs> so this is a movie I have seen. Aaron has not seen it. And that's why we're doing it. And that's why I picked it. Yeah, I th- I thought I actually had seen it, but then I realized I hadn't seen it. So hmm. I thought I had a long time ago, but I'll tell you why I thought I had. Anyway, that's oh. not important, Darren. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so Jen will be giving the, the synopsis and I'll be giving the trigger warnings. Yes. That is correct. Is there something <laughs> she's looking around? Like, is there? No, I'm trying to think of what the triggers oh. are. Sorry, <laughs> I think I know. You, some, <laughs> I just finished this movie like two hours ago. I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> Sorry, it left a lasting impression. Clearly, so. But yeah, we'll do. <laughs> do not take that as an indication of what my score is or what my feelings are. It's. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so I will do the, uh, I am per IMDb, uh, a former cop turned street hustler accidentally uncovers a conspiracy in Los Angeles in 1999. All right. Oh, trigger warnings. Yeah. Well, sexual violence, let's say, um, mm-hmm. sexual assault, murder. <laughs> stalking, voyeurism. So, yes, yeah, stalking, voyeurism. Police violence, I think, is a big one. Uh, yeah, definitely police violence. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That look mm-hmm. when all men in the 90s, they had to have their hair look like they haven't washed it in 20 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's grungy. for you. That's, yes, that's grungy. That was, that was the look in the 90s. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that look, like, in the exact same length of hair, and it always had to look like it had not been washed in, like, Mm-hmm. 20 days or something. The amount of effort <laughs> some people took to make their hair look di- dirty and messy when, yeah, you just didn't have to wash it. So I think that's 
I think that covers it for for triggers. triggers I, think I think so. so. Yeah, there could be somebody out there saying, what are you talking about? You missed uh, six. Sorry. <laughs> 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 so now it's for our own synopsis. So Jen, what is your synopsis of this movie? So my synopsis is this is some Black Mirror shit before Black Mirror uh, of a mid-90s idea of a cyberpunk Y2K, the reset that never was. Uh, that uses VR as the drug, uh, as a drug, uh, and to get off, and also to end racism and police brutality. Whoa, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was really good. Um, sometimes mine are really good, and sometimes they're just like, whatever I happen to spew out five minutes before we hit record. <laughs> this one I had a minute, so... <laughs> Mine is kind of going to be speed out, but it's just all that kept going through my head uh, is um, I love the 90s. Uh, so this is very <laughs> <laughs> and the <laughs> take a journey back in the mid 90s when we were terrified of Y2K and the whole trend in the 90s of having a lot of movies like this where it was like the future is so bleak and dark. And it's only four years from there and everything is going to maybe collapse or end or we're all screwed. And and also the kickoff of this isn't really a good synopsis, everybody. I'm sorry. But the kickoff <laughs> of our obsession with like virtual reality in a way uh, mm -hmm. before it became like really the Internet. But yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. That was good. Mm -hmm. I liked it. All right. So. Since um, I picked this movie, yes. uh, Aaron will guess what my rating and what my thoughts are, and then I will guess hers, and then we will do the big review. Okay. Right? S yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I have a feeling this is a movie that was one of your favorites as a teen. I think this was probably a movie you really liked as a teenager or early adult. And I think you still like it, maybe not as much as you did then, um, but I think you have fun with this. I have a feeling you really like, and I could be totally wrong, but that you really liked it also because you loved Rafe Fine's character, Lenny, and also um, the music. And I think you'd give it a 7.3. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's all fair. All right. So my guess for you, since this is your first time seeing it, I think, I think you liked a lot of kind of ideas and concepts about it, but not necessarily some of the execution of it. And, and that can be from, you know, between the runtime uh, and the including of the sexual assault scene. I think you enjoyed the cast. I think you kind of, I think maybe like the look and aesthetic might've given you a little bit of like taking you back to the day nostalgia kind of feels, but I don't think you were, I don't think you're super crazy about this movie. Uh, and so I'm going to say, I'm going to say like a 6.6. .6. Okay. So, all right. Okay. So Jen, tell me. The big reveal. Did I, did I get it right the, for a third time in a row? Remember, I'm just you, 
You did. You did get it right. I was <laughs> obsessed with this movie when I was a teen. I could not get enough of it. And it wasn't, it actually wasn't Ray Fiennes. It wasn't Lenny. It was Macy. It was Angela Bassett. This I should have known that. This was, I think, this is the first time I really remember seeing Angela Bassett. Like I, I'd seen her in like the Jackson 5 and Tina Turner, but this is the one where I was like, that's the name, that's the face. And the arms, because her fucking arms. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so <laughs> I think moly. that had a huge, huge part in why I was obsessed with this movie. And I actually haven't watched it in a really long time. So this was the first time I'd seen it in years and years and years. And it, it definitely was one where I was like, you know, because like the, the sexual assault scene, I totally forgot about that. So I was like, oh, this is. I was like, I don't, I don't care for how much they showed of it. So because of that, I dropped my initial nine star rating on IMDb to an eight because I still have a lot of nostalgia and just a lot of memories of watching it. But I, I now have a lot of questions <laughs> that I didn't have before when I was a stupid teenager. <laughs> stupid teenager. <laughs> <sighs> I should I should have known the Angela Bassett thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Ray Fiennes was is great. I mean, everyone I think is great in this, but I mean, that was that was it for me. It was Angela Bassett. She's such a badass in this movie. Oh my gosh! At least when we first arms. kind of yes. So <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, so oh, so 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 seven point three. To mm -hmm. I'm just trying to see. I, I think I I think I pretty much got you. Pretty much, yeah. You um, did. Price is right rules closest without going over, <laughs> and you didn't go over. You got really close. So good job. <laughs> uh, so uh, let me tell you why I think I saw why I thought for the longest time I'd seen this movie, and we actually did an episode on Angela Bassett at my on my podcast, yeah. and I was like, oh, I, th I think I've seen. And then when I was thinking about, it, I'm like, I didn't see that movie because I didn't rewatch it for that episode because I was like, I know I've seen this movie. I'm sure I have because. This movie came out, I graduated high school in 95. So this movie came out right around that time. And I was living on my own for the first time. I had a roommate who was obsessed with Ray Fiennes, like obsessed. And because of that level of obsession, I couldn't stand Ray Fiennes when I was younger. Because I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. To me, I'm like, he's not – I don't get the attraction. I don't, you know, and I'd only seen and heard of him in like these more of these English like movies that I was like, this looks boring. Uh, and so that's honestly where that was coming from. But she worked in a movie theater. I worked at Blockbuster. And so she got this poster and they were getting rid of it. This poster of this movie was in our living room above our TV. And it was like not just a regular poster. It was like a banner. It was huge. <laughs> and it was up above the TV. No, it was above the couch. Yes, it was above the couch. And so it was always there, always with me. And so I just thought, I, of course, I've seen this movie. It's always there. <laughs> it, it implanted itself. You, it, it like it squitted you or whatever they're called. I don't know. <laughs> like the like the viewing things when they yes. were viewing things. Yes, it was like that. So so this was the first time I I, I liked it. I do. You did get it right though. I was like. This movie is so flipping long. I'm like, two and a half hours? Seriously? You could trim so much of this. There's so much going on. Like, so much going on. 
and mm-hmm. way too many storylines where it's like once you solve, which I figured, which I figured who it was, who was really the killer and all that stuff. Uh, once you figured that out and that was solved, I was like, oh, yeah. So, oh, wait, we still have the crooked cops and we still have this and we still have the Y2K happening. We still have, So it was kind of like uh, a lot going on and it felt at some points a little bit chaotic to me. And I think that's just because I think it needed to be trimmed down a little bit. It's no surprise to me that this was written by James Cameron. This has James Cameron's fingerprints all over it. And James Cameron tends to go overly long. But I did enjoy it. I did have fun with it. And the reason I had fun with this, and this is why it's funny with my memory of this, is because of Ray Fiennes and Angela Bassett. If those two were so good, and if they didn't work in this movie, this movie would have really not worked. And I think the supporting cast is good, too. I think Tom Sizemore is really good, and uh, Juliette Lewis is good, but kind of like in a typical role that you saw Juliette Lewis do in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think other people are good in it, too, but they just kind of are standouts. And for me, with Ray Fiennes, what stood out to me is Ray Fiennes still, with the exception of like recent stuff like The Menu and everything like that, kind of, to me, at that point in time, stood out to me as like this very prim and proper, respectable actor kind of, I'm an actor. And this to me seemed like such a departure for him, but he did such a good job, really good job. And I really loved his chemistry with Angela Bassett. And I have to say, even though I was not going into this for like a love story, I really loved the way this movie ended with the last scene where he it's the romantic in me where he knocks on that window and opens it and kisses and they kiss. Although he was kind of eating her face. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just looked like he was swallowing her face. <laughs> it was just the way. I mean, I was so glad they kissed because, of course, I knew she was like in love with him this whole time. But I, I don't know. I just liked that. And I liked their chemistry and her arms were amazing. And I loved mm-hmm. her. So. And I rated it a six on IMDb. So yes, we both twinned at this time. Got pretty close. I did. I think yeah, I did go over, but that's fine. It's all right. <laughs> we'll get rid of the prices right rules now. So yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like I said, I was obsessed with this movie when I was a kid. And then, yeah, when I looked up the runtime and I saw two and a half hours, I out loud said, since when? <laughs> like, this is always, I literally looked, I was like, this has got to be like a director's cut or something. Like, this isn't the actual, I was like, I don't remember the movie being this long. And, and yeah, there's a lot of stuff that can be cut out because like you said, there's a lot going on. There's like, you have some of like your cop, ex-cop tropes kind of things, you know, and then you have a little bit of like a romance storyline because with how it ends and just it's, it was a lot. And I never realized how much it was. (laughs) And then I'm watching it. I was like, wait, what the fuck? (laughs) I still love it though. I still love it. But yeah, two and a half hours. I didn't need to get to know the characters that well, because I felt like that's what a lot of the early part of the film was, was getting to know these characters. I didn't need to spend all that time with Lenny and him revisiting his uh, memories of him and Faith. That just, and you know, so that, yeah, it just seemed like there was too many 
genres trying to be shoved into this yes. cyberpunky murder mystery e social commentary movie. <laughs> yeah, it was all of those things. <laughs> so much, but yeah, I still I still enjoyed it. I still had a lot of fun rewatching it until it got to the iris scene. I was like, oh fuck, I forgot about this. I didn't have it noted on the list. So I was like, shit, I feel bad. Uh but I was just like, this is all of what we were given was absolutely not necessary. They still could have conveyed the brutality of it without having to show even what they did. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, yeah, my by not today's standards moment. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because this is directed by Catherine Bigelow, who I'm assuming at this whoops, at this time she was probably still married to James Cameron because they used to be married. Yep. And Catherine Bigelow, you know, of course, who won for The Hurt Locker and is actually – she's a fantastic director. And she works mainly in action and she's also done horror, the fantastic mm-hmm. Near Dark. Which, Point Break. And Point Break, yeah. And so she does a lot of this very um, – testosterone fueled stuff and uh zero dark 30 you know also she did that one and so it was interesting to me watching a movie that is directed by a woman and then you watch these brutal scenes against and the way women are in this movie with the exception of angela bassett although to an extent towards the end what happens to angela bassett and I was like, if she dies, I'm done with this movie. I would have rated it a, a two if they if she had died, honestly. Because And especially the way it would have happened, I was like, oh. Because when the cops start beating her up and everything. Mm-hmm. But then I was so happy when the mob came, the mob and, you know, came in, basically, mm-hmm. in the crowd. And I was like, no, this isn't going to happen. And so I was glad she survived. But with the exception of until that scene happens, the exception of Angela Bassett's character, a lot of the women in this movie – are treated so disposably, like dispo- mm-hmm. disposably, that wasn't a very good word, but they're treated like they don't matter. And like mm-hmm. this, the, um, like the first indication of that isn't even necessarily the, um, the, the sexual assault scene, but the scene where Lenny is watching, you know, cause you can watch like these virtual reality memory headset things. Like you get the memories of people, and you're watching, which actually I appreciated that to me was a lot better than a lot of virtual reality stuff you would see back then. Mm-hmm. But he's in that memory of faith and they're on the beach and she's wearing that little barely there like thong, basically. Mm-hmm. It's practically a thong. It's not actually a thong. But and then they go upstairs I and mean, she goes and <laughs> for some reason, this seems so weird to me. I guess maybe she's trying to get sand off. But when she takes her shirt off. And, you know, she doesn't have bra on and she goes into the bathroom and she splashes water on her chest. Mm-hmm. That, yep. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? What is she doing? Is, does she have sand she's trying to get? Because she's not washing herself, clearly. Splashing water on your chest, everybody. I know I've seen those people that say, oh, the water just ran down me. That cleans me. That doesn't clean you. So I was like, mm-hmm. what is she doing? Is she trying to be, like, sexy? Like, dry me off and this is sexy? I was like... <laughs> This is clearly written by a man because it just, it was so weird. I'm like, what is, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't know, maybe you have a different viewpoint of that, but it was so like odd and I didn't Mm -hmm. understand that whole scene. And I kept going, 
this is directed by a woman. This is directed by a woman. Because it felt very much like everything was from the male gaze. Mm-hmm. And while I enjoyed this movie, I had, you know, I gave it a six. I, I enjoyed it. It was just that was kind of bothered me because I have no issues with, I mean, I watch horror all the time. And sexual assault, if it's handled appropriately, I I don't have an issue with it being in a movie. It's the way it's handled. It's just, and I, and it could be, it's a very 90s thing, honestly. This was a very 90s movie. Yeah. <laughs> very 90s, so, yeah. And, and I agree with, like, all of those points, you know, because, yeah, in that scene with, you know, that's at the begin near the beginning, and we see Faith in that, yeah, going in the bathroom and just being topless and woohoo and, and the <laughs> splashing. Like, the splashing was super weird. And also, like, water doesn't help get sand off. You just got to dust it off. Or they say baby powder. But anyway, it was it was kind of a lot of... I, I had moments, too, where I was like, this was directed by a woman. This was... And I'm looking up her filmography, and I'm like, I have to have seen more of, of her work. I haven't. <laughs> oh, you haven't? I think I saw Point Break and Hurt Locker. And this. I believe are all the ones I have seen per IMDb. So, but yeah, so I think in in a way I kind of chalked it up to, yes, this is a very nineties thing. And also I was like, maybe because she's a woman director, maybe she's getting more pressure from up above to include more of this and show this and that, because that's also a very like industry and in nineties, you know, just kind of pushing women around, you know, even though she was in the director chair, Maybe she didn't have as much control. I don't know. But I was, I guess I was trying to find a way to be like, why is this? (laughs) Why did they do this? (laughs) But it's also, you know, I'm older, different eyes, different times and everything too, where I'm just like, yeah, a lot of this is completely unnecessary. I think you could still get all of that across with a fraction of, you know, of, of the nakedness and the weird sexy moments. And cause yeah, when he has that, when he's watching that memory and she's rollerblading and I was like, she wasn't actually wearing that. Can he alter these memories? That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, no way was she wearing that. I was like, oh, they must be able to alter him. And she had no sand on her. She had no yeah. sand on her. <laughs> oh my God. That's just, just is so weird to me. Sorry. <laughs> Now, now, maybe it was just like a dry me off <laughs> foreplay moment. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm not kink shaming. Maybe that was their kink. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so we have like, yeah, so Lenny is still pining for Faith, who has left him, and she's now a singer. She's with this douchey, I don't know, record executive, Philo. Uh, let's see. At the same time, there's uh, an up and coming rapper slash activist speaking truth to power who is murdered. We have like the racist cops. We have <laughs> the love story. <laughs> there's so much. There's a lot. Yeah. So where would you like to start with all of this? <laughs> well, I'm trying to think because I, you know, oh, and just as a correction, Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron were not together when this movie was made. Oh. He presented it to her, but yeah, so, yeah, so they were not 
together. But anyway, because um, I just was looking that up because I was trying to see if there was any kind of weird tension or something. Oh, really, huh? Oh, what? What? So I was looking at the casting and I'm trying to see who they were talking about. Like Andy Garcia was almost cast as Lenny. Um, oh, yes. I did see the almost. And I was like, these are all kind of terrible. Yeah. I <laughs> oh, oh, he didn't. James Cameron didn't like um, Ray Fiennes at first. Oh, yeah. In that role. But anyway. Yeah, where should we start? I don't know. Like, well, I mean, what Lenny is selling is, like, basically you get to live, live out some kind of fantasy. Because, of course, we mm. also have to see the scene of, like, the two women having sex and you get to pretend like you're one of those women as yep. a man. It's like. Yep. <laughs> yep there was that, that part, too. <laughs> Forgot about that one. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so 90s. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the drug, these clips, they're the or the um, I don't know if the headpiece is called the squid, which doesn't look squid-like. But either way, um, yeah, that's what like that's what's out on the streets now, and people are getting hooked on, and and you know, so that's what Lenny does now because he's a disgraced ex-cop, but he doesn't deal in the blackjacks because that's the fun term they came up with for like the ultra-violent, someone actually died mm -hmm. or something clips because he has standards <laughs> but i just thought i think as a kid i just thought that that was really interesting this whole concept of like you know just virtual reality because all of that was so new and borderline mm. like not really there accessible to the uh to the public um and then in reading this um uh, reading up on like imdb and stuff they actually came up with they didn't have the right equipment uh, to film those first person shots. So they actually created a camera to do so that was still fairly lightweight. That I think, yeah, that the actors could wear. And I also read that for those shots because so much was gonna be within view, they took like a year to plan every movement and what all was gonna be included. So I appreciate that level of detail and, and work uh, to go with the the whole squid thing clips, but I just thought that I just remember as a kid, I was like, "Whoa, that's what the future is gonna be!" <laughs> oh my god, everyone's gonna just like get fried out, <laughs> runny egg brain in the van of some like <laughs> cyberpunk metal show in L.A. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's true though. That's we all thought that's what. Gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And now look, we're battling, you know, there's the big talk and discussion of like AI and how far people want to take AI now and what that's all gonna do. And it's we are moving towards a black mirror future. <laughs> and that's what this movie reminded me of very much was Black Mirror before Black Mirror. Yeah. But you know, what it also reminded me of is at, and I don't think some people don't have any concept of this, but the concept of Y2K of the year 2000, especially once we got closer to it, was a terrifying concept. We all thought the world was going to end. And so I think it captures that feeling too. I mean- the chaos. Yes. Yeah. And that people, it was just going to go into a sense of 
lawlessness and everybody's, you know, despair and griminess and everything was very dirty in this movie. Everything felt very mm-hmm. dirty and hot, like really mm-hmm. hot. Like, and I don't mean hot, like sexy. I mean, like hot, like. Like temperature wise. Yes. Because like- <laughs> <laughs> I know they were trying to be sexy, but a lot of the sexy stuff did not seem sexy to me. I don't know. It was just me, but. Yeah, yeah, but it's too yeah. obvious the the quote sexy scenes, right? Yeah, it's just it's too <laughs> literally in your face. Yeah, I mean, I did, but I liked the virtual reality stuff. I thought it was interesting, and I thought in the beginning, what I thought the the guy who was like the lawyer in the beginning, it was a little brief scene. It was right before you were introduced to Tom Sizemore's character, and mm-hmm. um, when Lenny is meeting with that lawyer guy who wants to like get some stuff and he's like all sweaty and nervous i was like oh Mm -hmm. he's gonna want something having to do with murder and then that's gonna start something and then that wasn't at all what ended up happening but that was what i kept thinking was like this is where it's gonna get really dark and Mm -hmm. it does get dark but i don't know i don't know that was like a weird threw me for a loop there but it also i think is supposed to be a commentary on how like angela bassett's character says to uh, Ray Fine's character at one point says, you know, memories are supposed to fade. They're supposed mm-hmm. to fade away, which is an interesting thing because, you know, I think that's true, but I think there's also memories that we wish we could hold on to longer. And so it's an interesting concept with that and also wondering, like we were talking about with that memory that he has with Faith, is that real or is that just the way his mind remembers it? And so it mm-hmm. kind of transfers to that. So I thought that would have been an interesting thing to kind of look at is are all these memories really exactly the way they happened or because your mind can make you remember things differently. It just can. Mm -hmm. And so is there any part of your mind that is making these memories different than they were? And I mean, they never really explored that, but I just thought that would have been interesting. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that would have been interesting to explore that side of just humanity and like the human psyche and just making shit up or forgetting what we (laughs) don't want to remember. I thought it was interesting because they said that the whole kind of camera setup for these clips or whatever was originally designed for police officers to wear, uh, to replace like the body cameras and whatnot. And all I, and, but you know, of course, According to, you know, per humans, it got black marketed and then people just were like, all right, let's find a way to pervert it and fuck it and get high off of it. And that's what it became. And I was like, that's pretty classic of humans Mm -hmm. to do, to take something that was supposed to be helpful. There was, it was created maybe with like a good intention and then it just right into everyone's faces and it's just like the worst thing ever (laughs) although i did like that they showed kind of a more positive side to it and not just revisiting memories through the eyes of like this pathetic kind (laughs) of loser type pining for his ex-girlfriend but when he visits the one the one dude in the wheelchair has a got a clip just for him and it's just of a of a dude running on along the beach and saying hi to a pretty lady I was like, well, that was nice. You know, his friends seem to really enjoy that and really appreciate that. I was like, so there's the good. We get a teeny tiny sliver of how this could be good. And then 
two hours and 24 minutes of how it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it was also good because um, it's kind of like, you know, you know, what's interesting with that, though, with the good side is with the cops when they murdered that that singer and, you know, the activist and stuff. And when they murdered him. And um, that was covered up, but then you've got that evidence right there. So this is before, like, I mean, yes, we had, um, yes, we did have Rodney King, and that was that was filmed and stuff. But this was before police brutality that had been going on from since the creation of police. This was before, like, you had the cell phone cameras. Mm-hmm. So then you have a different way of showing that and showing the real evidence of it. So that would be another positive of it is, and that's what Angela Bassett was trying to do at the end is be like, no, you know, these cops are scum. And of course the other cops are going to not listen to her because number one, she's a black woman. So of course they're not going to listen to her, but number two, they're police and everything. But that was another good side is you could use Mm -hmm. that as a way of showing the truth of like crimes like that. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And I did read that, like, James Cameron originally had the idea for this movie, you know, for this story a bit um, back in the 80s. And then it was the Rodney King incident that kind of helped inspire finish writing the story or com- or to make the movie, I guess. And, you know, watching it, you're just like, oh, yeah, because you've got Vincent D'Onofrio and the other guy. I can't remember the actor's name. A classic that guy. It's that guy. Um, Mm -hmm. He's in everything. Yeah. (laughs) They're, yeah. So they're the dirty cops and everything. And it's just, I mean, just right away, there's no, like, it's an opening sequence of them chasing Iris through the subway. And they're just unhinged, crazy. So I'm just like, on one hand, I kind of appreciated the movie (laughs) showing the cops like this gnarly, but at the same time, it's kind of sad that there are cops out there then and now that are that fucking gnarly. So it was it was really kind of interesting, especially now going back and rewatching it and with everything that's happened since to kind of see this movie from 1995 do its best to kind of address it and and make a make a statement and we get a happily sort of a happily ever after uh kind of ending because yes she does get the the tape to where it needs to go and everything and it's just but at the same time it's so funny watching it now because i'm like that's great for for this moment (laughs) for this situation you know it clearly doesn't fix anything there's no plan to implement these and to make things better you know she's she talks about there needs to be a real change. Absolutely. This is a great small step, but we get nothing about <laughs> how it's going to have a positive impact on their future after we've spent two hours of her being like, we need good change. This could do it. So it's, I rambled, I'm sorry, but it was interesting no. to see the, to see the, these things that happened in the 90s and to watch it now in 2023 after more of those things have happened throughout that time mm-hmm. and how nothing's really changed. Yeah. Yes. Kind of the sad part. That's bleak. 
Yeah, that's sad, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I, I do want to say one thing I did appreciate because you could tell, I mean, you're watching this and you're like, okay, it's directed by a white woman, written by a white man. You can kind of see that. And I don't know because it, was, it wasn't just written by James Cameron. It was also written by um, Jay Cox, also did a screenplay as well. I don't, I don't know anything much about Jay Cox's um, history. Oh, he's worked with Martin Scorsese and stuff in the past. But, hmm. um, but anyway, so uh, – but you could tell it was very much through a white lens of, of dealing with that. But I do want to say what I did appreciate is the fact that towards the end when, you know, everything is like chaotic and like Angela Bassett gets rescued from almost being beaten by the cops and they're running and then Tom Sizemore's character, not Tom Sizemore, sorry, Vincent D'Onofrio's character gets up and is like going to shoot her and has the gun and everything and Ray Fine steps in front of her. And, you know, too often what you see is a black character, a black woman or a black man sacrifice themselves for the white character. Mm -hmm. And so even though he doesn't get shot and everything's fine, I still appreciated the fact that that didn't happen because that would be – especially when you've already got the fact that you know that she's in love with him and he – is stupid and dumb and a guy and doesn't understand that she's madly in love. I'm like, dude, I knew in two seconds that she loved you. Give me a break. <laughs> right, right. But you're so wrapped <laughs> up in this, in Faith's boobs or her wet water. I don't, I, I did not get there. I did not understand that at all. I was like, that's just an infatuation. I'm sorry. But you're so wrapped up in that, that you can't see the fact that this woman is madly in love with you. But I was really glad that they didn't go that route because I was so worried she was going to die at the end. And I was mm -hmm. like, if they kill her, I, I'm, I'm done with this movie and I'm going to yell at Jen for an hour <laughs> <laughs> for making me rewatch Oh, this. man. I, you know, if that had actually happened, I don't know. I mean, and I love downer endings, but I, do too, I don't but... know that I would have loved the movie as much as I did then. And therefore would have even given it a second thought now. So I'm glad they did it. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously I'm glad Angela Bassett lives. She's just so fucking badass. And I always remembered like uh, the scene where her and Lenny are running from the, the dirty cops in her limo. That's like, mm -hmm. you know, bulletproof and everything. Cause that's what she does. And she gets like the cool, like kind of chase scene and everything. And, uh, you know, while while Ray Fiennes is like cowering because he's scared, he's the damsel in distress and she's yeah. got to be like the big protector. But they get down to the pier and the, the cops start dumping gasoline and then they light it on fire and she's just like, fuck it. And she throws it into drive and like just into the water. And then she gets down there and has like this whole plan to get out. The I shotgun know. still works. How amazing is that? <laughs> Love that for her. <laughs> yeah, you can't have all of that. And then we also see a soft side, you know, that softer side of her when uh, we go like to her family and we see like her son and everyone's like celebrating the new year and everything. And she has that moment she's watching her son playing in the yard, having a good time. And so through this like tough exterior that we see, she's still a soft, caring person, obviously. Otherwise, she wouldn't keep saving Lenny's ass. 
<laughs> yeah. She's an old softy, and I just I love her for it. So yeah, had she died, that would not have been okay. It was hard enough watching her uh kind of getting the oh. beat down as it was. And then in watching it now, it's like I was like, no way would that have gone on as long as it none of that would have ever escalated to the point that it did in today times because <laughs> I would hope not but I don't know <laughs> you never and I know that's the sad part but and I always did like that it was like a kid that was the first one to jump on the cops to save Macy uh, Angela Bassett's character and then that's was the floodgate and every the the rest of the crowd descended and and saved her and I was like yes and then the commissioner comes out and he's like, and he saves the day <laughs> by be- having watched the thing, believing her, and then arresting, trying to arrest the dirty cops. So. Yeah. Yeah, she was, I loved her. She was a badass. So she was so She's, cool. Oh, she was, she was so the coolest. Cool. She was so cool. Yeah, those arms. I, oh, my gosh. So I was trying to, th- I was trying to remember when, because when What's Love Got, What's Love Got to Do With It came out because I was because you know her arms and that of course because she was doing yeah Turner but yeah yeah but anyway yeah that was she was she was so good I mean yeah I could probably just go on and on about how amazing she is in this and like everything yes all right I have some questions so I'm gonna go through basically a whole rundown all right okay and I'm gonna need a little assistance here and there so Okay, so Max is fucking Faith, okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Max also gets hired to watch Faith by Philo, um, in that he's like the record executive or whatever, and Jericho One is on his label or something like that. But he's also super into these clips, and he's gone all like paranoid junkie. So he hires Iris and sex workers to follow Jericho One, the rapper slash activist, and then just happens to get pulled over by racist cops and then murdered. Okay, that's fucked up. Like, that's a weird chain of events, you know, but okay. And then Iris escapes and runs back to Philo, who slaps her around or whatever. But then Philo, we find out at the end, uh, had Max, wanted Max to murder, to kill Iris, and pretty much anyone that would have known that Philo was wiring people to follow his clients or whatever because that also included faith so iris dies terribly and you know everyone that in the movie that watches the clip they're just like what a sick fuck what a sick fuck and then we find out that it's max and it's like okay so you were hired so you were tasked to kill iris but like other than just being a sick fuck, why to that extreme? Why all of that brutality? Why loop it back so she could see and experience what he was seeing? Like, that's a whole other level of depravity. And they just, they don't, like, a, like there's no, never going to be, like, a good reason or backstory or whatever to that. So it's like, that, and that's just it. It's just Max. <laughs> He's just. He's a psychopath. So then he runny eggs ticks, tick as well. 
uh, kind of, you know, does like a fake attack on Faith and then only to look in the mirror afterwards. And it's a big reveal to Lenny that, haha, it's been your bestie this entire time, your bestie and your ex. And then, and then also wanting Max's need to like frame Lenny for all of these murders. Why? <laughs> what did I miss in all these years? So that's when I'm just like, I never realized how fucking messy this movie was. And then, yes, the racist cops and all of that. No, yeah, the, the whole Max thing is very messy, I think. And it would have worked a lot better if it didn't also involve him, like, loving Faith and being involved with Faith. And and I figured it was him. I was like, I know that's who the killer is. I was just like, from the very beginning, I'm like, and I don't know if it's the Tom Sizemore thing or if it's just <laughs> usually it is going to be someone who's really close to the person and they think they're mm -hmm. really good friends. So I don't know what it was that made me think that. But when that was revealed, I was not at all shocked. I was to an extent shocked that Faith was kind of in on it, although she kind of seemed like she wasn't completely. She, that was really confusing to me. They never explained that. But what would have been more interesting to me is I really thought Max was a serial killer because the stuff that he's doing is not like hitman stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not like <laughs> familiar with hitman, but you know, <laughs> from what you see, it's not like he's like a hired gun mm -hmm. in those other words. He's getting off on this. So to me, mm -hmm. it seemed to me more like he was a serial killer. And that's what I thought we were really investigating was a serial killer. And so then it became this convoluted thing. And I'm just like, and, and, Michael Wincott, who's a fantastic actor, is completely wasted in this movie, in my opinion. But um, even though he's creepy as um, what's this, Philo, which mm -hmm. which I just kept thinking of the you know isn't that the like the dough Philo dough? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry, Philo Philo dough. Oh, okay, sure that's how it's said. Okay, but either but, way, <laughs> that's all I kept thinking about. But um, but anyway, so when they when it ended up being that, and it just became very convoluted, I was like. Oh, you lost me. I have no idea what's going on anymore. Because <laughs> like, yes. I, I really just thought it was a serial killer, which I'm like, this is a lot to put into one movie, but it still is a lot to put into one movie. But it was like, I don't know. So I can't really answer that for you because it's so, it <laughs> feels really weird. Like that was like a throwaway in there or mm -hmm. I don't know why they had to tie those two together. And then the only reason I can see that, other than the fact that he's a psychopath, the only reason I could see why Max was maybe trying to set Lenny up is because he knew that Lenny still was obsessed with Faith. I don't think he loved Faith. He was like obsessed with her. Mm -hmm. And so I think he knew that and he felt like Max was a threat to him or something. And like you would see that in earlier scenes, if you were to really think about them later, once you have the reveal. He'd be like, oh, my gosh, of course, there goes her name, Faith, and bringing it up and mm -hmm. how he seemed more irritated like a friend is concerned about your mm -hmm. obsession. But more it was like, you asshole, that's my woman and I love her. And that's the only reason I can think or maybe he was just told to set him up that way. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I have I have no idea. Like I said, I never realized all these like big gigantic holes like what 16 15 16 by the time i'm seeing this movie so 
I don't, I don't know. It's bright. It's flashy. There's loud, angry music and Angela Bassett arms. I'm in. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't, because the only other thing I could come up with was, yes, this was some big complicated plan so he could end up with Faith and get rid of Lenny forever. And never have to worry about Lenny pining for her and all of this and that. But I'm like, there's probably cleaner ways to do that. And I think it would have been far more interesting if it was just he's a serial killer. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether or not he's fucking Faith, just the fact that he is a serial killer. And there is no rhyme or re reason. You know, I mean, we're not given any rhyme or reason. But at the same time, it feels more incomplete than if it had been just a serial killer. Because then you're like, oh, okay. You're a serial, a serial killer. killer. <laughs> yeah. Because you're right. It definitely seems more, um, I always think, you know, like dextery with kind of his routine and everything, his his rituals and whatnot, and his box cutters and, and shit. Because hitmen, I always imagine, are just more professional. Like the professional. You just yeah. pop in, pop, pop, and you pop out. <laughs> but I would have to agree. Faith is always kind of perplexed me in this movie because on one hand she seems very much like Ugh, Lenny get away I am so done with you I'm so done with you and then at the same time she's like all trying to protect him from Philo and, and everything so there is one point where uh, Lenny is leaving Philo's loft or whatever and she's screaming down the elevator like you know, I don't love you anymore, blah, blah, blah. But she's also kind of crying. You, there was like hurt in her voice. Like this hurts me to say this to you, or I still do actually kind of care. And then she, I think has says something along those lines, but either way, she's trying to protect him. But then at the end with Max and their encounter and everything and the reveal, she comes out and she admits, like, yes, she's fucking Max. And they make out in front of Lenny. And then when Max goes to shoot Lenny, all of a sudden she's like, no, and <laughs> pushes the gun so it doesn't fire at, so Lenny doesn't get shot. Uh, but then she keeps, like, trying to fight off Max to assist Lenny. And I'm like, honey, I... Pick a lane. I'm very confused with, and maybe that's all it is. Maybe she's just like a confused young adult. Well, he's been lied to, manipulated, because Lenny has the one line of like, you'll never have what Faith and I had. He's like, I, Lenny acknowledges that it's gone now. And he's, I think, at that point, ready to move on and everything. God, I'd fucking hope so. <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't know. The only other thing I could think of was when he said that it kind of triggered something in faith of we did at one point have something that was special. Um, and even though she may not still want to be with him now, that doesn't necessarily mean she wants him dead. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only yeah. thing I could come up with. I know it was it was very convoluted. And um, and I had a really hard time with that character because. I didn't really care about that character. It was very hard for me to care about Faith because I just, to me, she was very much like a, I don't know, like, well, the first time you see her with the, the I just cannot get over that water, splashing the water on her. It just, it just irritated <laughs> me. Sorry. That was just one of those things where I'm like, men, I just, uh, okay. 
but there was something about her where she was so like, I don't know if it was thinly written or just a caricature of what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. I think it was like she was a caricature and like a combination of like all these Juliette Lewis characters. Like she's like a mix of, um, I can't remember her name, but her character in Natural Born Killers and then Mm -hmm. a mix of pretty much anything that uh, – her character in the movie California and uh, these characters that are very like – on one side, they're innocent, but they're also really sexual, but they're in this very dangerous sexual stuff, dangerous sexual mm-hmm. energy, even Cape Fear to an extent. Yes. Yeah. I was wondering and, if you were going to say that. Yeah. And like her, her, like, you know, that was like the, the, the look too back then, um, mm-hmm. body wise and everything like that. And so it was like, she, Juliet Lewis has always been kind of a dangerous person. I mean, I mean, as I mean, I'm not talking about her, general, her real life i'm talking about like Mm -hmm. the characters she plays like even when she's innocent she's quote-unquote dangerous that's what you see in movies especially like cape fear and california Mm -hmm. and even natural born killers so uh i was even gonna say even like yellow jackets yeah even even though she's my favorite character in yellow jackets and yes uh, we're not gonna go into that because I, I couldn't help myself now after all these years and watching Juliette Lewis and especially Yellow Jackets, watching her performance here and being like, you have really honed your craft and you have gotten because I'm not saying like she was bad, but she was clearly young. Right. And even these more emotional moments, I'm like, you do it so much better now, obviously, time and practice and all of that. So it, in a way, it was kind of neat to just sit there and like. And kind of reminisce and see how far she's come. <laughs> as dorky as that sounds. No, I agree. I completely agree. It also kind of reminded me for some reason, the Juliet Lewis stuff, it kind of made me think like they were going to go down a like true romance path. I do not know why, but there was something about her and Lenny and the way they were presenting it at first. And I think it was just because you saw it mainly just from his point of view, mainly. And I think that's why it was like, I was like, okay, is this going to be like, he's going to end up saving the day with her. And I'm like, I don't care about this person. I'm like, plus I'm like, she is way too damn young for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just kept thinking, I'm like, and I don't know what their age difference is. I should look that up. But I'm like, she's way too damn young for you, dude. I, it, it's kind of creepy in a way. Although, of course, you know, Brad Pitt was in his 20s and she was still a teenager when they started dating. So, you know. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. It's, oh. it's gross. It's, Brad Pitt is a disgusting person. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, that's quite all right. <laughs> <Sorry>. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it just grosses me out when I see that yeah. trivia of like she was like 15, I think, or something like that. Ugh. I'll look it up here. But yeah, I just. But I'm really glad it didn't go that route. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the one thing I will say about the Faith characters. I'm glad she didn't end up being the damsel in distress that they all save. And then Angela Bassett, you know, then Mace has to go and watch the love of her life go off with this Mm -hmm. young thing. I don't know. Young thing. (laughs) Young. This young thing. Yeah, yeah, she was um, eleven sh- a year. She's eleven years younger than Rafe Fines. So, oh jeez, yeah. Well, and it was like even he's even talking about like when he first had first met her when he was still on the force. 
mm-hmm. it makes it sound like I think he said like she was a runaway. So you're kind of left to assume a teenage runaway doing what runaways need to do to survive in 90s LA. And then from there became a relationship. Like there weren't a lot of a lot of information. Like there's chunks missing. Yeah. Because yeah, he said that and I was like, oh. It's like I've never noticed, never really noticed like the age difference when watching it when I was younger. Cause you know, I'm like, she's probably just mature for her age. <laughs> well, yeah, when you're younger, you yeah. don't notice that stuff in the same way. It's true. No. You really don't. <laughs> but yeah, this time I was like, red flag, red flag, red flag. <laughs> yeah. And Angela Bassett is like four years older than Ray Fines. So there, there's nothing wrong with that age difference. I'm not at all saying that. I'm just saying, I yeah, just think yeah. that's really cool. And I have to say, I always loved like Macy's outfits from her kind of her suit that she wears for driving uh, the limo. Uh, to at one point she has like these really cool kind of cargo-y baggy-ish pants that get like zippers on them and little I don't know I loved them I was like oh that's another thing I loved about this movie was her wardrobe and then of course her dress at the end nice and short and she's got like the garter uh, gun holster but I'm like why is the holster part on the inside of the leg <laughs> it seems so uncomfortable <laughs> I mean, it was a hot, a hot shot of her pulling, putting yeah. the gun there. I was like, so that's why. But, <laughs> but I did appreciate that she took her high heels off. I'm like, that must have been something that Catherine Bigelow put in there because I don't think a man would run that in there. <laughs> yeah, no. or Angela Bassett was like, I would take off my high heels if I'm running. But she was, she was sexy as hell in this movie. Angela Bassett is so sexy in this movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, there's. Yeah, there's always it's always nice to see women in charge and taking control and being very um very strong and kicking ass and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's always always nice to see. And Juliet Lewis was 16 and Brad Pitt was 26. Oh. Disgusting, oh. right? Oh. <laughs> so gross. This is so is gross. gross. I know she says there was nothing, it's okay, but I mean, what is she going to say? So, right, right. unless she came out, you know, about it, but yeah. Wow. Okay. That's gross. Yeah. That's very gross. Thanks for that, Aaron. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I think that's, I think that's all I really have for this movie is just mostly Angela Bassett fan gush. And VR is crazy. <laughs> but it saves it saves the day and puts an end to racism and police brutality. Because I just love that we're just left with this kind of like, yeah, because it's also like New Year's Eve. So the countdown happened. Like a cop just like took his own life. And there was another like cop that got shot by other cops after beating. And like everyone's just like, no biggie, no biggie. <laughs> Countdown resuming and everyone's making out. (laughs) I was like, oh, L.A. (laughs) It's a whole other beast. (laughs) (laughs) Only in L.A. (laughs) Only in L.A. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is funny to me because this movie is pretty, like, 
it's not as dark as some of the other movies around that time. Like, it's not as dark as, like, say, The Crow or – because I kept thinking of movies like that. Like, it's a combination Mm -hmm. of, like, The Crow and um, True Romance to an extent and, um, like, all those kind of gritty movies that were back then and those very, like you said, cyberpunk. Even – you can even find some train spotting in this movie if you looked and and that kind of stuff. So it was very, like, that. And uh, so I was like, oh, this is going to probably have some really dark ending. And then it's like all like romantic and light and fluffy. And while I loved that that uh, that they got together in the end and that Lenny took his head out of his ass and went, oh, Maze, yeah, you, you, you're in love with me, doy. Um, <laughs> while well, I'm glad that happened. Still, it was kind of weird. I was like, we just had the darkest shit just happen. And you're just like, oh, and everybody's partying and happy. And then and then you see the like 1202, 54 seconds, 2000, mm-hmm. the year 2000. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and exactly. I, I do want to say it sounds like I really didn't like this movie, but I did actually really enjoy a lot of it. And once again, a lot of that is because of – Ray finds and Angela Bassett. That really is why I enjoyed this movie. I have never, and I tease about the gross unwashed hair look mm-hmm. from the 90s. I know, at least for me, it was sexy at the time. I look at it now and I'm like, what the hell? Um. <laughs> There's like a list, right, of things we used to find sexy where we're just like, damn, we were dumb. I'm like, that was sexy? That's not sexy. I kept thinking, please take a shower. Have you had time yet to take a shower? Um, (laughs) and even though, like, I have never, ever found him attractive, I actually found him really, there was a sex, sexiness to him, this very, um, I don't know how to even describe it, but it was probably more that 90s sexual gritty bad Mm -hmm. boy who actually is really sweet on the inside stuff. Taking you back. (laughs) Yes. It takes me back to like um, Stephen Dorff. That's what it reminds me of is Stephen Dorff. Because, oh my God, I love Stephen Dorff. And uh, his character in SFW. (laughs) That's what it reminded me of. Yes. And I was rewatching that movie the other day. I guess I shouldn't say because we might cover on here some, I won't say. Because. Okay. (laughs) I was going to comment on his character and like. I was lusting after this character. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot uh, in on my list of that falls under all of that category. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh look at me, <laughs> look, I'm so silly when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, so. but yeah, no, I agree. There, the the chemistry between the two characters and the actors definitely do help make this. Like kind of a fun watch, which is weird to say, because again, with the darker themes and everything, but it's just, you, you, you see those moments of like kind of bestiness in her pining, you know, in love with him and everything. And we get that small flashback as to how they first met. And it's cause he was taking care of her son while her partner, husband, baby daddy was getting arrested. And it's like, and on one hand, I'm kind of like, so you've been in love with him. Like, like, that's what it was for you, was that moment, and then you kept him in your life, or he decided to stay and, you know, be there for the kid, maybe. But I'm just like, that was it? That was, like, the mo- was that the moment? 
there had to have been better moments because they allude to like they would spend time together. Her mm-hmm. son miss, misses uh, Lenny coming around and Lenny misses her son. And I'm like, well, then go over there, dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a very good point because it is kind of like, um, I mean, there is something very attractive about a man with a kid. There is just something very attractive about that because mm-hmm. it's like. It's the same thing with a man with a dog or anything like that. It's just the caring. It's the it, yeah. Life. It's the like very vulnerable thing. It seems mm-hmm. very vulnerable. So there is, but if that really is the moment when you fell in love with him, that's true. I have a lot of questions. Because <laughs> man, anyone, any man could have been holding your son, and you'd be like, oh, yep, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> you talk to my son. <laughs> oh, you're nice to my kid. <laughs> God, <laughs> be in so much trouble. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, I still really like this movie. I still really love this movie. It still has like that, you know, kind of nostalgia place in in my heart. But yeah, a lot of questions, a lot of things that unnecessary. You know, but I still, I still enjoy it. I I, I enjoyed the cast, you know, because in going through the cast, I was like, God damn, that's a lot of famous faces and names. So I was like, all right, but so many holes, so <laughs> so many plot holes. I mean, this movie has been fried by its own brain drug, where it's just all Swiss cheesy now. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> yeah, we're oh. going to have to add Near Dark onto the list then since you haven't seen that Catherine Bigelow movie. Okay. Yeah, I don't so, think so. As a side note. That side won't be – yeah, because next month, next month it's one we've both seen or we both of us haven't seen, correct? Yeah. Okay. I think it's one – yeah. It can be either or, right? I think so. Yeah. It'll be something and it'll be a time. <laughs> happen you'll (laughs) you'll hear from us in a month (laughs) it'll be a movie we've both seen or we both haven't seen and maybe maybe it'll be the first time you know what's funny is we've liked every movie we've covered so far even if we've criticized them we've still liked them Mm -hmm. wonder when it's gonna happen we're gonna fight over a movie that has not happened yet that has not happened yet (laughs) damn it no i'm just kidding (laughs) i know I'm not going to lie. I was trying to look for something where I was like, I'd be all right if we fought. (laughs) There is a movie, you know, because Jen had sent like three movies over and I thought it was going to be one that I hadn't seen. And so I told her I'd seen all three of them, but one of them I actually hadn't finished because I stopped it because I do because I hate it that much. She doesn't know which one it is of those Mm -mm. three. So it would have been funny if you had chosen that one and you actually liked that movie. I was really dreading it. I was like, oh, my gosh, if she chooses this movie. (laughs) I hope it's the movie I think it is. (laughs) Oh, I really wonder which one she thinks it is. (laughs) Oh, well, we'll just. She'll see. That could happen. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's got to happen at some point. I mean, it's not going to happen with any movie that I like. You are going to like all the ones I like, of course. Of course. Obviously. (laughs) 
maybe we'll do one. We'll do one we both haven't seen, and we'll both hate it. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> maybe we'll pick like some movies neither of us have seen, and then make um, Carla or Meg or someone choose one. That's what we should do for the next one: is choose of just on the synopsis. Yes. Yes, we should do that for the next one. We still need to watch Killer Rack. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> we could put that in the competition. Oh my gosh. I think I almost feel like we need to do like a live tweet or something or <laughs> <laughs> But then that'll give away what we feel about it. I know, but I mean I feel like that one is just one that I think we should just sit and enjoy together whether we are having whether we love it for all the good and bad or we just shit on it for 90 minutes yeah well i get i get so this is a movie everybody if if this doesn't end up being edited out this is a movie that's on tubi right now it's still on tubi because i get notifications all the time and say you put the movie killer rack into your list reminding me that it's there Oh yeah, right. I did. Oh my god! I'm like wondering. The person on Tubi is like, okay, this person. They need to watch this killer rack movie before we pull oh it. Oh my from god! Tubi. <laughs> hurry, hurry! Last chance. Leaving soon. I know. I'm waiting for oh that notification. Gosh. Leaving soon. Killer rack. <laughs> Last chance for killer rack. <laughs> Ah, well, this was fun, Jen. As always, I had a blast. Me too. I love these. I do too. So, uh, so yeah, so now we can close out and we can promote our other podcasts. Uh, 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 uh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of S's for you, huh? (laughs) (laughs) It is. All right, but let's promote this podcast, the Twin It to Win It Pod. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Twin It to Win Pod. No second it in that. Nailed it. And we are also on Facebook and Instagram as Twin It to Win It Pod. Are we on the threads? No, no we I don't think we're on the threads, threads yet. We should. Join I think threads. we should. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, and then you can listen to it on like podcast players. Yeah, every, everywhere. Yeah, I don't think we're on Pandora yet, but... You got to get on that, Aaron, because they're not going to accept it if I send it in. <laughs> That's true. I don't know why they have such a... I love you, Pandora. Yeah, and so now we can promote our other podcasts. So, so Jen, you host a podcast. I'm, letting, I'm making you go first. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Yes, I I have a podcast outside of this podcast, in case y'all didn't know. <laughs> Honestly, that would have been weird. But <laughs> yes, it would have been weird. <laughs> but happen. it's called <laughs> it could have happened. So I'm sorry. Don't I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. <laughs> um, but it's called my streaming bubble. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at streaming bubble, no my and that. Facebook, Instagram, and threads as My Streaming Bubble. But most importantly, you can listen, rate, and share the podcast on a podcast player near you, except for Pandora. You can find my <laughs> podcast on Pandora. Pandora. It's the second. <laughs> it's Jen. It is the second most 
popular way that people listen to my podcast is Pandora. First is Apple, but second is Pandora. I just think it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I just love to rub it in Jen's face. It's yeah, a I thing. Know. <laughs> it's a thing. I love Jen. This isn't like a, you know, I don't know. Maybe she's very upset that I keep doing it. No, it's, it is a thing because when I posted my uh, AMA and clip show, I, I included, did you catch all that? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> a whole, all, like all the bits that I had that I could find. Of not letting Erin promote her podcast and trying to end the show. <laughs> yep. And then bitching about Pandora. So those were so much fun <laughs> to listen to. <laughs> yes, yes. That was that was a great episode. Go listen to that episode from Jen. Um, even though she didn't completely answer some of my questions. But I still have questions left, so I will get to those. No, I meant like you one of them you were like, I'm not answering that one. <laughs> what it was you're like no i'm not going to (laughs) yep (laughs) i think it was like which one was my some asking like if i had a favorite something nicholas uh, maybe a six degrees of nicholas yes and you're like no i'm not i'm like (laughs) (laughs) like fine um But before we forget about my podcast, <laughs> uh, so I host a podcast. It's a fandom thing covering fandom and pop culture primarily from the female perspective. You can follow us on Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Threads, It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. TikTok, It's a Fandom Thing Pod. I've become a lot more active over there. And then... And, and we've covered Angela Bassett. I mentioned that before. Uh, we did do a, speaking of Rafe Fines, we did a, because um, we have a Patreon, we did a Patreon-only episode talking about the menu. And we did a really deep dive talking about uh, capitalism and everything in that. It's, no, it's great. It's great. A Marxist corner in there and stuff. It's it's really good. Uh, <laughs> um, but I also, because two podcasts is not enough for me. So <laughs> coming in 2024, I <laughs> like, Aaron, what are you doing to yourself? <laughs> Coming in 2024, I'm starting another podcast called It's a Dean Thing. So if you're a Supernatural fan and you're a fan of Dean Winchester, come join me and my co-hosts, Susie and Paula, as we talk about this character that we love very, very much. So we will not hear any uh, the best character ever created, and we will not have any arguments about this ever. <laughs> So but we, if, if you're a guest and you come on and you don't like Dean Winchester, you're not going to last very long. So <laughs> Y'all been warned. <laughs> you can follow that podcast also on uh, Instagram. It's a Dean thing. Pod. Yeah. So there. There. And you can follow me on Pandora. <laughs> you can follow the fan thing on Pandora. I don't there- believe Pandora is still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... That's it. We're done. That's it. Woo-hoo! We did it. We made it. Woo-hoo! And we're getting we're getting better and better at this. <laughs> it's like we we both haven't host podcasts for four years now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're getting better, Jen. We are. We are improving. This is this is going to be great for our character growth. So, our character growth. But 
until the next time. Do we have anything we say? Check you later. Che- yeah, check oh. you later. I'm like, do we have something? <laughs> yeah, check you later. Check you later. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out.